Welcome to Welcome to the Hollowell Manor. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're here to discuss Season 5, Episode 15 of Charmed. The Day the Magic Died. Okay, can I just say, and I know I've said this before, probably recently, but this is kind of weirdly like the platonic ideal of an episode of Charmed. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's a pretty good episode. Well, the thing is, like... It is a great episode of Charmed. If you wanted to demonstrate what an episode of Charmed is like or what Charmed is like as a series, you've got this. It's camp. It's got like the real world soap opera-y thing. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's got a guest star who's famous-ish. Uh, that's famous. Would you recognize her if she was out and about in the world? I mean, I wouldn't, but she's an angel. Yeah, exactly. Someone who's famous enough. That is like the bread and butter of Charmed. Okay. I feel like our moms would recognize her if she was out and about. Uh, Maybe. But, like, I really like this episode. And the thing is, it's not like the best episode of Charmed. Although I would say it's definitely up there. It's pretty good. Yeah. But for, like, a distillation of what Charmed is as a show, I feel like this is a good episode. Weirdly enough. I would show this to someone as their first episode of Charmed. I also think it helps that this episode, I will point out, plays up the sisterhood element and doesn't have a lot of campy fan service. I think we can kind of think of Charmed as a war between Constance M. Burge and Brad Kern. This is an aspect can of, and do an aspect of Charmed we haven't talked about in a while. In fact, uh, can I can I do a brief divergence about? Nell Scoville. Go on. I recently read Nell Scoville's memoir, Just the Funny Bits. It's really good. Highly recommend. She was a writer on Charmed. I was really worried that when I got to the chapter where she talked about Charmed, it would make me have to rethink a bunch of things Mm -hmm. because by the time I got to that part of her career, I was like all in on this woman. I'm like, oh my God, I liked her so much that the other day I made Max sit through an un- an unpicked up for series pilot that she shot like in 1999. I enjoyed it. it yeah, was, it was good. It would not have made a good TV show. I I enjoyed watching it, but I I don't think this is the sort of thing people would tune in for every week. Yeah, we watched Haley Wagner star on YouTube. By the way, that's Which what it was. You can watch on YouTube for free. The whole movie is there. It's been there for like six years, and it has 85 views. <laughs> it had so few views. But anyway. The point is, when she got to the Charmed chapter, her view on Charmed was pretty much our view on Charmed, which is that she started working on it thinking, oh, it's going to be a series about sisterhood. But actually, it was just about fan service and girls in skimpy outfits. Yeah. The the one thing that really stops this from being a platonic ideal episode of Charmed is that nobody gets transformed into something sexy, but that's fine. Well, no, this is what I'm saying. I feel like if we talk about the, the tension between... Constance Ambrosia's sensibilities and Brad Kern's sensibilities were like, even though she's no longer part of the show, this is like, Connie's winning this one. Yeah, and this episode is honestly kind of Charmed at its best. Like, if Charmed had been more reliably this, then I feel like it wouldn't have the reputation it does. Yeah, I think Charmed is at its best when it's on the Constance Ambrosia side of the spectrum. Yeah, sincere emotional stuff 
but also goofy comedy bits, you know, like the kind of tongue in cheek humor charmed actually does pretty well a lot of the time. I mean, a little bit of a premonition, but I actually have a telekinesis for the first time in I feel like weeks. Mm. Should we get into it? Yeah, let's get into it. So the sisters are getting ready to go star watching because there is a special celestial event going on in San Francisco. The Aurora Borealis. At this time of the year, in this part of the country, isolated entirely in the backyard of the Charmed Ones. I meant to look up. That's not a thing, right? What? Seeing the Aurora Borealis somewhere that's not like the Great North? You can't see that in San Francisco. Well, this this is a magic thing. Also, if it wasn't for light pollution, we'd be seeing a lot of cool stuff all the time, apparently. Yeah, when I was in high school, I actually was part of an astronomy class, and one of the things we did in the astronomy class was once a month or so, I feel like it was once a month, we would go out to this really rural area uh, outside of the town I lived in and do stargazing, where there was very little light pollution. It was pretty cool. Yeah, apparently the sky is always doing all of this really neat stuff that we just can't see anymore because of light pollution and regular pollution and lots of other stuff so yeah no i mean we could be having the northern lights all the goddamn time we just don't know it because there's so much light pollution Mm. so lest you forget piper is very very pregnant and she's so concerned because how is she gonna get her body back after she gives birth well piper let me let me put it this way it will be harder when your actress is actually pregnant. You know, this is a terrible time to to be a woman living in a body. Okay, okay. The fact that when Lisa Kudrow was actually pregnant and charmed, they had to make it triplets because otherwise she would look too pregnant. In Friends, you said in Charmed. Oh, sorry. In Friends, yes. In Friends, when Phoebe was pregnant. Not in Charmed, when Phoebe was pregnant or she was wearing the sexy cordelia outfit i'm kidding she was like what six weeks pregnant but anyway it in friends you couldn't be regular woman pregnant without it being like no no it's triplets it's fine women don't get that big when they're pregnant i mean i know this is thing people are talking about a lot now we're starting to reconsider the way the way bodies were treated at this time. Mm. But I mean, honestly, just look at those pictures of Jessica Simpson, supposedly fat, like, well, the one that drives me nuts is the picture of like, it's of, I think Mariah Carey and she's wearing short shorts. And the caption is like, woof, look at this heifer. Those are some fat gams or whatever. Like it's, yeah, there's like on a tabloid. Yeah. But the thing is like, what the fuck are you talking? Like, I was looking at the picture for so long, and I'm like, those are really thin, muscular... Li- what are you talking about? Yeah, I know. I lived, I lived through this. I was a teenager when all this was happening. It was not a fun time. Yeah, so maybe cool the brakes on, you know, getting your body back after having a baby. You know what you need to do after having a baby? You need to take care of the baby and yourself. Yes. Like, this is not... You, you should not be doing sit-ups when you have a newborn child. Yes, unless it's something you feel like you want to do because your abdominal muscles are also all fucked up and you want to get your abdominal muscles back. Or would would wouldn't you do core exercises? I 
They didn't have core exercises yet. Uh, core exercises didn't come into existence until like 2015. This is a joke. I'm joking. <laughs> but anyway, Piper, you, look, you're not actually pregnant. They're just going to take the fake belly away and it's going to be fine. Uh, speaking of her pregnancy, though, they get another gift from the magical community. They they keep calling this a golden goose. It's not a golden goose. It's a goose that lays golden eggs. Okay. I kind of love this. I'm so glad we're not talking about personal gain in this episode. Oh, I'm so annoyed, though. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so the magical community has been giving them gifts, which, in the parlance of the office, is mostly birds. Yeah. Apparently, apparently the hot item for a baby this year is a goose that lays golden eggs, so they have so many. I mean, honestly, it's not... Having an infinite wealth generation thing, you know, as a gift would be really useful for a new parent. But, Pi yeah, right? Yep, Piper is being... Is this part of her anti... Like, I know... This is just her being polite or whatever, but that's weird for Piper. So is this part of her anti-magic thing? The whole, like, let's see if we can politely return. Let's see if we can return the goose. And then they talk about how they need to make sure that there's a polite way to do it so they don't get cursed. And I'm like, ah, this is so fun. Why isn't this the show more? They don't want to offend anybody, but they don't want to keep all of these magical gifts. Yeah. And I don't understand why they don't want to keep the magical gifts. Keep the magical gifts. I don't either. I mean, I guess. Unless you feel like it's it's uncomfortably uh, monarch, mo monarch, mon mon monarchy, monarchy. Yeah, right. They, they, you're like, we're not we're not the queens of the witches. We just happen <laughs> to be born at the right time to the right bloodline. Oh, wait, I guess that's what queens are. Yeah, well. Given their attitude later in the show, no, but even up to the, you know, no, 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 but I don't know. I really like it. And I love the dynamic they have here where like, yeah, it is a bad idea to return a magical gift. That is the sort of thing that should get your family cursed. I mean, we've all seen Sleeping Beauty, right? Yeah. These rules are very, very important when it comes to magical creatures. Paige wants to bring Piper in because she's afraid that she might get too cold and that will negatively affect the baby. And Piper's like, Pfft. I'm self-healing. <laughs> Meanwhile, Leo is getting a call from the elders, but before he can respond to it, uh, Piper passes out. And Leo can't heal her. Dun, dun, dun. Yep, so they have to go to the hospital. By the way, I kind of call bullshit on Leo not being able to heal her, which we'll talk about in a second. Yeah. And, and it's, it's not because it's, like, you could think that maybe, oh, she wasn't hurt in the fight against evil or whatever, and that's why he couldn't heal. But no, we've seen him heal this sort of bullshit all the time. I mean... I, I like the talk around for it, though. Well, you know what would have been better and cleaner? What? If this had been the moment when they realized magic was turned off. Oh, yeah, that, that would have... Because, like, an hour from now, magic's gonna get turned off. Yeah, Phoebe mentioned while they were watching the Aurora Borealis that it's also a Wiccan holiday, so keep that in your back pocket. She said Festival of Light, which... Okay, I don't know enough about Wiccan holidays. Well, they also said it's the solstice. I don't know what they think it is. It's an important Wiccan holiday. There's also some uh, astrological things going on. A bunch of planets are all aligned. It's like... Whole bunch of stuff is happening all at once. A bunch of planets are all in Gemini. As a Gemini, I found that nice. I don't know. Anyway, 
<laughs> I feel like that's a mislead for twins here, but I'm glad they didn't go that direction. Yeah. Anyway, we get to the hospital and Piper's like, wow, maybe everybody telling me that I should slow down because I'm like eight months pregnant was right. Maybe I should actually slow down. And the doctor comes in and, oh, my God, this woman has the bedside manner of an angry, angry gorilla. I'm on the doctor's side. The doctor comes in and is like, hey, you're very, very pregnant. Um, how come you don't have an OB on your file? How come you've literally never seen a single doctor about your pregnancy? And she's like, oh, my sisters are training to be midwives and that's my birth plan. Okay, and she says, she says we've been seeing a healer, which, I mean, this doctor works in San Francisco. I'm sure she hears that all the time. Okay, but like... We had a midwife who was part of a medical practice. I still had tests done. Yes. Like, I, I, you still want to make sure there's nothing going on like there is with Piper right now, which is high blood pressure. Okay, this doctor is such an asshole. She's being the doctor from Arrested Development. I mean, not exactly because she's just... It's really weird. She's Piper's like, am I going to be okay? And the doctor's like, well... You have a serious problem. And that serious problem is high blood pressure. It is a serious problem. It is a serious problem. She draws it out all weird and she's talking around it for a while. Like she gives like the medical. Toxemia. Yeah. And then she talks about like how completely deadly it's going to be for the baby unless you relax. And I'm like, why wouldn't you lead with that, you monster? No, no, I disagree. I feel like she understands that this is a woman who does not take medical advice seriously and needs to understand that she needs bed rest and that she needs to take this seriously. It, she's listing, like, all of the horrible things that will happen to her. Well, okay, the main thing she mentions is the possibility of a premature birth, which, spoiler alert, does happen at the end of this episode, although... You're at 34 weeks. 34? 36? They're, they're so far along. They are so far along. Like... Talk I, to us when your kid's three months early. Yeah. Which is how early our daughter was. Yeah, not 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 to play a, not to play a game of preemie ones upmanship, but our, our baby was born at 26 weeks, 34 weeks is luxury luxury anyway we we can joke because she's fine yes it was a very you stressful, stressful the time but she's yes. fine now anyway okay this is the thing i was said i was going to bring up in a minute mm -hmm. leo's like oh that's why i couldn't heal you high blood pressure is partially physical but it's also a state of mind I mean, it's not technically wrong, but also, shouldn't he be able to heal states of mind? Ooh, that's an interesting question, right? The brain is part of the body. Yeah, I not to go all, not not to continually reference things, which is what our show does. But it just reminds me of the thing from, hey, so could the one the healing baking woman in Encanto could her. Uh, Baking heal mental illness? Clearly not. Look at her family. Mm, yeah, yeah. Oh, this this actually kind of reminds me of when when I was pregnant, and I 
couldn't take anxiety medication because I was pregnant. So I'm sitting here hyper aware that cortisol, which is flooding your system when you're when you have anxiety and you're not on your anxiety meds, also bad for the fetus. But also I can't have the anxiety meds because that might be bad for the fetus. And my mom's like, so what are you doing? And I'm like, I, trying to calm down. I don't know. Yeah. I think my point is here, just like with where the anxiety is, yes, it's mental, but the physical problem is the cortisol flooding your system. Mm. I feel like Leo should be able to heal the cortisol flooding my system. He should be able to heal the high blood pressure, regardless of whether or not it's caused by stress. Piper, though, does relish the opportunity to be like, I fucking told you I needed to see a goddamn doctor. She was right. Yeah. Yes, you... and. Honestly, their logic for why she shouldn't see one was bad. Like, yeah, we see the baby orbing when it's actually born, but, like, it's a human baby. It's not going to register as weird, I I wouldn't imagine. Yeah. Like, it's not like they're going to take her in for a prenatal scan and it's going to have, like, I don't know, horns. Well, I mean, they don't know that because they never got it scanned. (laughs) So we cut to a guy explaining to his minion what's going on about how all of these things are aligning. I, I love this. It's so goofy. It's so camp. The guy's like this raspy throated, you know, wicked, wicked wizard man. And his and his minion, Stanley. His minion is Stanley. Stanley, who has strong intern energy. Yes. Yes. Like the guy's explaining how all of these things are aligning and Stanley's like, so what does that mean? And the guy's like, soon it'll be our time to strike. And the Stan's like, could you be more specific than that? Like, I I, I love Stanley because he's so, he seems to not really know what's going on the whole time. And the guy talks him into attacking the Charmed Ones. And Stanley's like, but if I do that all the time, the guy's like, but you will be important and dead. And Stanley's like, who important. It's such a stupid, stupid joke. No, but it's so good. He's like, your name will be legendary. What is your name again? Stanley. We will sing songs of Stanley, the demon who got killed by the Charmed Ones, which is what you're good. You know what? You know what? As far as demons go, this one's a straight shooter. He tells Stanley, your job is to go get vanquished by the Charmed Ones. Yeah. So... Back at the manor, Paige orbs in with a bucket of sand from the Dead Sea for yeah. healing purposes. And Phoebe's like, oh, gross, who horked? She actually makes a joke about Paige having pooped in a bucket, which... No, no, no. Okay, so the Dead Sea is highly sulfurous. Yeah. So it was a fart joke, not a poop joke. Ugh. She says, what did you eat over there? Because she has a, a bucket filled with sulfurous water. I mean, she sees the bucket... She's just making fun of Paige. She knows what it is. Remember, Phoebe used to be the one who knew magical stuff. She knows what dead sea water smells like. And Phoebe's like, you're kind of overdoing it a little bit. Because at the hospital, you were like, ooh, boo-hoo, it's my fault that she collapsed because I let her go outside. Like, just let Piper be. Like, if you try too hard, you're just going to stress her out more. This isn't an excuse for me to be lazy. I swear. (laughs) Oh. So... Leo has driven Piper back home. Leo is so much better in this episode than he is normally. 
because Piper's having her I told you so's, and Leo's like, look, if you want to see the doctor, you can see the doctor as much as you want, and Piper's like... Yeah, you say that now, though. <laughs> Piper is low-key kind of pissed this whole scene. Like, she sees the... It's weird, because they're trying to calm her down, which is clearly irritating her, and she's like, please just leave me alone. The geese come in, and she's like, I thought we took care of that, and Leo like was like, well, I was going to but then you collapse right does she not remember that part to be fair it was very dramatic what happened that's fair oh i think we didn't mention that i wanted to bring up when the geese started arriving they said they needed to get him out of there before their father victor shows up because he's coming in for the birth yeah and he doesn't like magical stuff Mm. phoebe says he's got kind of a darren stevens thing going on which i feel like was kind of insightful for her to be like yeah darren stevens he was kind of an asshole to try to tell people to suppress their magic and maybe our dad is being kind of an asshole to not like magic okay phoebe is very broad in this episode but in a way i enjoy she walks into the kitchen with Paige, and there's a unicorn there and 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 phoebe has this whole face journey where she's like no 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 we can't have a unicorn in the house. That's going to be so stressful for Piper. And Paige is like, are you fucking kidding? It's a goddamn unicorn. This is the coolest thing in the universe. I mean, if you can't be excited about a unicorn, then maybe having magic is wasted on you, Phoebe. The unicorn is not a goat, Yet somehow it has eaten part of its tag and bitten off who the uh, the gift is from. It says from L, and Paige says, "Do we know anyone from Spain?" Because it's like E L, like the mm-hmm. in Spanish. Yes. Also, there's a bunch of musical cues that I feel like would be unwise to do nowadays. I. Uh... Honestly, I, I didn't clock that, but a lot of times musical cues kind of fly under my radar. Hmm. So, so Phoebe is like, look, just orbit somewhere that's not in the house before Piper sees it. And Paige tries to orbit and doesn't. Again, this is why I feel like this is kind of a good starter episode for someone. Because they do, they try a bunch of the different stuff. There's a bunch of explaining what everyone's power is through narrative Mm -hmm. which is good storytelling when you're introducing someone to something not just having people explain also the way the scene is structured is really good at kind of raising the tension because when she first tries and fails to orb away with the unicorn my first thought is oh she can't orb with it because it's magical so it's resisting her orb then she can't pull an apple towards her. Then Phoebe can't levitate. Then Leo runs in because he tried to go up and see the elders and he can't orb either. And Phoebe tries a little rhyme to send the unicorn away and it's like, oh, we know all of their powers are out. I was going to say maybe it's just because it was a crappy rhyme, but I guess that's never stopped them before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Leo tells them that he wants to keep the secret from piper that magic is out because he doesn't want to stress her out more so when he goes up to see her he convinces her not to use magic because that would also stress her out so there we go that's uh that's how we're going to keep piper in the dark as it were yeah again leo is being a good husband in this episode it's kind of odd like leo leo's usually the i'm going to choose to phrase this non-aggressor 
in their relationship, but he's being oddly considerate of Piper's feelings. For someone who is the non-aggressor in the relationship, he does kind of ignore Piper's feelings a lot. I mean, yeah, he's being a good husband in that he's kind of taking on Piper's anger so that she can relax, but her anger is correct. So he's being a good husband in that he's not arguing with her about what a bad husband he was up to this point. I do really like this scene, though. Piper talks to Leo about how she's worried that she's already screwing up as a mother. Like, that she's... This has been a really long and difficult journey for her. And by having this disease, she's feeling like she's failing the kid. And Leo's like, that's... No, that's not what's happening here. Like, you're not a bad mom just because you have something like also it's not a, she does say disease but it's not a disease it's just a completely normal pregnancy complication yeah and she she the reason she feels bad is because she had an instinct and she ignored it and i like that leo kind of focuses on you had the right instinct like you have that that mothering instinct and he asked her what her instinct is now and she says it is to deliver the baby in a hospital. And he's like, well, then that's what we'll do. Yeah. He's like, I will call the doctor. I'll get everything set up. He accidentally knocks over a basket and breaks, I think, a lamp or something. And when she reaches to uh, freeze it, she's like, no freezing, no freezing, no freezing. Again, this is a good narrative way so you know what her power is even when she's not actively using it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the phone rings and it's one of his charges. She's like, why are your charges calling you on the phone? And he... Has a good lie immediately. People on TV usually don't have good lies right at the ready, but he has one. He's like, I've been ignoring their calls because I'm focused on you. So I guess that's why she called my number. My question is why he gave out the Hollowell's number to his charges. That seems weird to me, but I mean, I, hmm. Yeah, no, no, it seems weird to me. Okay, I think this might be my time freeze. Yeah. The Hallowells are probably just listed in the phone book. Yeah, but do his charges know about his marital situation? How could they not know? He's married to one of the charmed ones. Also, I'm sure he, like, talks about her to an annoying extent. Mm. You think he's like Columbo? Yes, he's always talking about his wife. Also, I feel like he's using it as an excuse for why he's an inadequate white lighter all the time. Sorry, my wife's one of the charmed ones. That's why I couldn't be here when you were attacked. Exactly! Also, you know, he's the charmed one's white lighter. He's like, you know what? He shouldn't have other charges. As we have said before, the charmed ones should have three different white lighters, not be sharing one with a bunch of other witches about town. So Phoebe takes Paige into the basement with the unicorn, and which seems like it might not be the greatest thing because of the whole woogie situation, woogie, nexus, whatever. But But unicorns are, according to them... A representation of good magic. So if anything, I feel like the unicorn is going to be safest down there because it has like a natural immunity to negative magic. Phoebe lists all of the signs that have been happening and she's like, okay, so clearly the universe has been literally trying to tell us something. But what? And she steps on one of the golden eggs from the goose that lays the golden eggs and it shatters and she's like, huh, I guess not just our magic is out. Mm-hmm. Which, speaking of... Yep, uh, Stanley, Stanley the demon shows up, and he tries to use his, his powers to attack Paige. He tries to fireball Paige. I want to point out, fireballs were discussed as, like, a top-tier demon power, and they're clearly not if this guy has them. Yeah. 
Uh, but they don't work, so. Yeah, and Paige is like, oh, cool. I guess uh, the field's even. And he rushes her, and it reminds me so much of that scene in Future Man, the first season of Future Man. Uh-huh. Where Josh gets into the fight with the biologist in the parking lot. And the two, like, super soldiers from the future are like, okay, we're not going to help you. You have to do this by yourself. And it's this just really awkward thing of these two guys, like, awkwardly flailing at each other and, like, kind of rolling around in the parking lot. Well, it's like the Xander Harmony fight. Yeah, which is my, one of my favorite bits from it's Buffy. It's a classic. While this is going on downstairs, Piper is upstairs watching Dark Shadows, which is interesting because the character on... Sc- okay, this this is, like... This is probably too much, but the character on screen in Dark Shadows is Tabitha. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're aware of this, but in Dark Shadows, there's a character named Tabitha whose mother is named Samantha, whose grandmother is named Endora, and Endora, of course, is a name that does not actually exist. There are two Endoras in all of pop culture, the one on Dark Shadows and the one on... Bewitched. Bewitched. So, obviously, this is the same family from Bewitched, a show that just came up at the beginning of this episode when they were talking about Darren Stevens. That is all. Yeah. Yeah. Also... It's, as you could tell from that series of names, it's very heavily implied that these are just the characters from Bewitched. Yeah, that's that's my point, yeah. It's it's not specifically stated, but you can understand from the names, which, how do you not get sued for that? Like, was it the same network or something? I just think people didn't care that much back then. Because, God, I, I can't even imagine the lawsuit that would ensue from that. I don't know. I feel like you could say it was parody. Dark Shadows? Uh, they, that it was parody to, like, have the characters kind of have those names. You know, the way that it's, like, the way that there was, like, the fake Glee club in Community that was obviously making fun of the TV show Glee. I, I feel like it falls kind of under that. I guess. I mean, I, I'm like, Dark, but Dark Shadows was, like, a serious show-ish. Yeah. That movie was not good didn't watch it not going to but anyway uh we go back to the fight scene like we briefly cut to piper watching dark shadows and being like that's the stupidest thing i've ever seen which is on television no well she's like that she's like that spell wouldn't work it's like when i try to watch lawyers on tv yes so leo turns up the volume so that she won't hear the fight happening downstairs and runs downstairs to help Okay, so the guy's standing over Paige. He's holding a table, and he's like, My name is Stanley. Remember my name. Remember my name. And then Phoebe runs into the room and throws a knife into his heart, and he, like, falls over dead, and he's like, My name is Stanley. And and Phoebe's like, Who is that? And Paige's like, I don't know. Okay, yes, that is what happens. But don't don't sleep on this beautifully subtle moment of choreography where when Stanley picks up the table and lifts it up over his head because magic's off and presumably some of his strength that he's used to comes from magic, he's thrown off balance for just, just a touch. He just has the barest almost falling backwards from lifting the table over his head. And that is, you know that's choreographed because that table's actually made of like styrofoam or something. Yeah. So, Stanley's dead body falls to the floor, does not burst into flames, and Leo walks into the room and says, Hey, what's with the leftovers? Gross. So gross. But they realize that this means magic is out everywhere. For everyone, not just good magic. I kind of 
love this because it's like when your power goes out and you're like, oh, shoot, is this us? Did we blow a fuse or is it out everywhere? And you kind of try to like look down the street and see if all the lights are out or when your Internet goes out or when a website's out and there's the website you go to to see if it's out everywhere or just for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they shove Stanley's corpse into the closet because they'll they'll deal with that later. They're they're really not used to dealing with bodies in this show. For a show that makes such a big deal about magic not being allowed to be used for personal gain, they sure are out to sea when they don't have magic. So they shove the guy they shove Stanley's body in the closet and uh, they answer the door because Daddy's home and he brought a guest star. Yep, he brought their new mom. Yeah, okay. I'm a sorry. Blonde woman. Yeah, yeah, so. So you can you can guess how many other episodes this character's in. Okay. Can we talk about how Victor is the rudest person on the goddamn planet? Yeah, sure. Because he shows up with his new wife, total surprise, and is like, hey, this is my new wife. We're staying in the manor. They knew he was visiting. I don't think they had cleared him staying with no, them. No, no, no. They knew he was staying. They just didn't know he was bringing a woman to stay with them. Did that, it's so rude, though. It's, he, he, brought a, he brought an entirely extra person and didn't warn them about it. That's rude. Also, A, Victor, you live in the city. You moved back here for that job, and so you could be close to the girls, but you only appear like once a season. Yeah, I assume that he kind of lives a little far out. And he's staying with them because Piper's pregnant and supposedly he's helping her. Well, later in the show, he is basically the Rachel's mom. I'm sorry, Ross's mom. Except we see him a lot more. There's a lot more of Victor in the last season, which is kind of nice. I mean, it's convenient when you have babies on a TV show that isn't about babies. You have to explain where they are all the time. So it's just like, yeah, they're with Victor. I mean, if they... If they had gotten off their asses to save magic school, they could have just been at magic school. But no. oh, let's not let's let's wait to get into that. So, Dad introduces his overbearing new wife to everyone, including okay, okay, okay. What the fuck is his relationship with Paige? Right? Because- She's the daughter that his ex-wife had with the guy she was having an affair with but like he 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 hugs her he he like he hugs phoebe he hugs Paige. i'm like okay so you two are in good like well i mean they'd have to be right it's his daughter's sister like if if he doesn't accept her i feel like he knows that he's gonna get cut out he knows he knows that he can be cut he knows he can be replaced he's seen bewitched yeah and and remember, this is dad, too. He goes... Oh, my God, it goes so deep. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, this is this is new dad. We stopped calling him that because well, old, old dad, dad was... Well, was there for, like, two episodes, even? One, one. One episode where he was the creepiest guy in the goddamn planet. Why was his first scene with Phoebe... Why was he naked during that? Who thought that was a good idea? Hey, Phoebe... It's your naked dad, and he asks how old you are. What the fuck? Well, we know that wasn't really their dad, because he doesn't even have the same last name as their dad. He was Victor Hollowell. Before they decided that Hollowell was the family name. The witch family name. Except it wasn't, because, like, Penny was the first Hollowell. Eh. It was Warren's before that. But whatever. It's a good witchy name. It is a good witchy name. I can see why she's like, you know what? I want this over Warren. 
Okay, here is my theory. She married a whatever Hollowell just for his name. Do we know that she married a Hollowell? I think we do. I can't swear to it. We'll have to wait until the episode with hippiegrams. Okay, because here's my theory. She was writing a spell to to vanquish the woogie. Mm-hmm. And it made such a good rhyme that she changed her name. <laughs> that That is my headcanon for it. Yeah, I mean, if you're... If you're... If you are looking for uh, names that rhyme, because you're a witch and witches work off rhyming in the show. Yeah, okay, I can see it. You want something with the L, yeah. And that you cannot have this Hallowell. It feels like such a strong ending to it. So she was like, okay. You cannot have this Warren, yeah. Yeah, she was like, rather than rewrite the line before it, I'll just change my name to Hallowell. It's (laughs) fine. Anyway, Victor's new wife, I feel like she's got a, a real Gwyneth thing going on where she's like... Paltrow? Yeah. Okay. Where she's like, oh, are you eating, like, garlic? It's got cleansing powers. Have you have you shoved this jade egg <laughs> up your yeah, vagina? <laughs> it will like, heal the baby. Were, I thought you were going to build to that, but no, we, with Gwyneth Paltrow, it's straight to the jade egg of the vagina. I mean, is it not... Also, have you thought about have you thought about healing through this five hundred dollar white T shirt? <laughs> I mean, I, you're right. We can't go anywhere after the Jade Yoni egg. Yeah, you tap out, and the thing is, you have to mention it immediately too. I mean, I guess you could have the candle that smells like your vagina too. That she also has that. She has a candle that she sells that smells like her vagina. This isn't a joke. I hundred percent believe you. This is a real thing that exists. Okay, so you just light it, and then someone walks in your house, and they're like, "Oh my God, is Gwyneth Paltrow <laughs> here and naked? Is that the impression you want with that candle?" Her newsletter slash website is called Goop. What is even happening? <laughs> All right. Anyway. This is what we're dealing with, right? It's not like she's a granola person. Like she's not like oh hippy dippy, but she's like wellness she's a wellness influencer before wellness influencers were even a thing new age adjacent Mm -hmm. but with a sinister corporate edge anyway that's how you know she's evil yes (laughs) spoilers well she's being very overbearing too she's like i'm glad that i can be your new mom adult women yeah i want and they talk about how like they're fucking all the time and they met on a cruise for seniors who wanted to fuck yeah they met on a singles cruise that's fine that's a normal place to meet people and and phoebe's like oh i thought you were on a business trip i mean and he's like i kind of was wink wink nudge nudge she gave him the business She introduces herself to Leo because he was out of the room hiding the unicorn. She introduces herself to Leo when he comes in as, hi, I'm your new mother-in-law. That's a weird way to introduce yourself to someone. I mean, you know what's over, you know what, you know what's overbearing about it? She's claiming her position in these people's lives. Like she should be claiming I'm Victor's new wife, not I'm your new mother-in-law. Yeah. Because even though technically that's correct, it's not your place to make that declaration. Though again, you know. She's evil. Evil. So Piper comes downstairs and is thrown right into the thick of it. And she's like, okay, you're not leaving me alone with with, with them. And they're like, actually, we are. Yeah, we have to go take care of hiding magic because we can't let this mortal that our father has brought into the house know about magic. Which, 
There's another thing that's really rude of him. They are in the house getting ready for a magical birth, and he's put them in a situation where they have to hide magic. Yeah, Victor's a real D-bag in that's this episode. That's super shitty. Even if she wasn't evil, that's like... Really, they, they should kick him out even if she's not evil. Sorry, the more I think about it, the less I can get over what a dick Victor is in this. Yeah. So... The doorbell rings, and it's the evil guy from the intro who sent Stanley after them. And they take him into the back garden to talk, because we already used this set once this episode, so we should return to it. Yeah, I mean, it's already dressed and lit, so. Yeah. So, he tells them that, like, hey, so, all of magic is out, and that's really, really, really bad and weird, so... We're hoping you'd be up for teaming up with evil to try to, you know, like, bring it back. And they're like, but wouldn't we just, like, win if demons don't have magic? And he's like, okay, listen, you fucking idiot assholes. You see how this garden is blooming? That's because of fucking gnomes. Did you know that? Gnomes make gardens grow. Like, yeah, if there's magic, then if there's no magic, then there's not going to be demons out there, like, killing people and stealing the ice of children. But there's also not going to be, like, pollination of plants. It's basically like the end of Bee Movie, when when all of the bees, since they stopped making honey, they're also not pollinating flowers. That's not quite right. Uh, are, are you accusing B-Movie of not being 100% accurate to bees and bee society? I am. I am. But anyway, that's what's happening here. He also... Don't forget, he lets them know that he sent Stanley there specifically to get killed by them so that they would believe him that magic is out. Fair. I mean, I guess that's what you do when you're evil. Yeah. So, he's like, look, why don't we meet at a desecrated church at midnight, and uh, you should wear something like midriff bearing for easy stabbing. I mean, because it's fashionable and cool. And they're like, no, we're going to meet at Manny's Pizzeria in the mall and uh, in at midday tomorrow. And yep, he's like, for a summit, a sit down between good and evil. And he gives them his card, and they're like, you have a card? And he's like... Yeah, it's the 90s. I know it's not the 90s, but no, he's like, things change. I had to take a taxi to get here. Um, his, his, his card says, uh, Crowen, sorcerer, evil magic for all occasions. Awesome. Amazing. Again, this episode is so, like, light camp and fun. Yeah, that's kind of perfect. Speaking of it being the 90s, except not really, uh, Phoebe reaches out a fishnet gloved hand to take the, uh... My god, yes, her business card. Uh, her outfit, actually, this episode is relatively normal, but she does have those fishnet gloves on. (laughs) For some reason. I guess she wants to be able to catch all the bacteria when she delivers the baby. So Paige and Phoebe explain the situation to Leo, and Leo's like, that's obviously a trap, right? Like, it's obviously a trap. And Paige is like, look, it might not be a trap, but we're, we're going to come with weapons. And Phoebe's like, I thought the guy said no weapons. Max and Tina didn't mention it, but he did. 
I feel like I did say that, but okay, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So there's going to be no weapons allowed, and Paige is like, yeah, we're going to improvise weapons. We're obviously not going with no weapons. Yeah. Uh... And it turns out that someone's been reading the Anarchist Cookbook. That's exactly what I was going to say! But of course, Paige is exactly the kind of person who would. So, meanwhile, in Piper's room... Piper's dad and his new wife are helping her get over her high blood pressure by explaining how many different ways they've boned all over, you know, the carnival cruise ship they were on. I also, I'm not entirely sure what's happening, but I feel like she's going through a gift basket. She asks Victor to bring her a cheese knife, which might come back later. Yes, yes. I guess she's serving it for piper i i don't know why but i felt like she was taking out the stuff that's bad for you when you're pregnant Mm. she talks about how uh you know her first husband died because of high blood pressure and bad cholesterol and that's why she's got victor on an all egg diet and a monthly colonic i you know what we've already previewed that she is in fact evil I kind of respect how, since there's no magic, she's like, you know what? I'm just going to be the old-fashioned kind of evil and just go fuck with these girls. Yeah, I'm just going to be the grossest, weirdest person ever. I want to point out, Victor is not evil, and yet he's not stopping any part of this conversation. Is he not evil? I mean, he's less evil than first Victor. Yes. So... He leaves the room to go get the cheese knife, as you said. Mm Mm-hmm. And his new wife goes on this thing about how lucky she is to be their new mom and how, like, their dad has, like, the biggest dick in the universe and it's so amazing. And Phoebe immediately does not have Piper's back at all. She's like, oh, you love our dad. That makes me love you. So, uh, bye, Piper. Good luck with this. Why don't you tell Piper some more stuff about her dad's dick? Bye. Yeah, well, she's got to go up to the attic where, uh, Paige is making improvised bombs and getting put on a lot of watch lists. Yes. She's like, hey, kids at home, this is how you make a bomb using these simple household ingredients. I mean, she's literally, she literally makes a pipe bomb and explains how to make it while she's doing it. I mean, I'm sure it's not, I'm sure that's not the actual, you know, recipe. I'm I'm sure they wouldn't have been allowed to actually say that on television. Yes. But still. (laughs) It. They're, like, bringing a bunch of stuff, but it's mostly just improvised bombs and uh, and hairspray and a lighter. Yes. Uh, she sends she sends Phoebe to find flammable hairspray, which she ends up getting from Piper, which is weird because I feel like Piper's the one person in the house who wouldn't have aerosol uh, hairspray. Yeah, she says she needs the aerosol stuff because uh, it's the, you know, it has the good hold on it. But, yeah, you're right. Piper would be the last person in the house to have it. Yeah. If anything, Paige would be the one most likely to have it. Oh, I was thinking Phoebe, because her hair's always in weird updos. Yeah, I guess I associate... Kind of, Paige has this kind of 1940s style, which requires a lot of hold. Mm. So that's kind of where my thought is there. Um, they also make, like, weird um, blow dart pepper spray things with cayenne pepper. <laughs> Which is weird. I feel like they could have just brought actual pepper spray. Demons aren't going to know what pepper spray is. Yeah. Also, like, I don't feel like they end up using that much in the at all in the fight. I don't think they use that. But Paige brings out armor. 
Okay, greatest, greatest line sequence in the episode, maybe in any episode. I love it so much. It's so soapy and fun. She pulls out chainmail top from my club days, steel-toed boots from my mosh pit days, and handcuffs from last Friday. This is a fantastic episode of television. Listen, if anything has become cemented in my head during this particular rewatch of Charmed, it's that Paige is by far my favorite sister. Like, it's not even a contest. Team Paige over here. That's Piper for me. She checks a lot of my boxes. She is a she is a powerful, dark-haired, evil woman. Yeah, that's my bo- That's one of my major boxes right there. You've listened to our Once Upon a Time podcast. You know how we feel about Regina. Oh, yeah. Okay, so upstairs, Piper is eating a plain cracker while Victor's new wife sits on his lap and they make <laughs> out while taking a Cosmo sex quiz together. <laughs> she's shoving cheese in his mouth and then making out with him while they're doing a test about how good they are at boning and she's like have you eaten off your partner in every room in the house i sure have piper they specifically are eating the cheese while piper is eating the cracker with no cheese on it and also which i guess makes sense you can't have soft cheese when you're pregnant but <laughs> also your root canal and soft cheeses, Liz. <laughs> I just, the more I think about it, the more I feel like, her name is Doris. Doris was like, you know what? What is, what is the worst I can be before they call me out? Because she has to entertain herself because there's no magic. And it turns out there is no line that they will call out. It's amazing. It's so amazing. If I was Victor, I would be amazed that I ever got invited back into this house after this. Well, they need the free child care. True. So, Piper's like, please stay with me, Leo. And Leo's like, well. he's. She says, I know you're hiding something from me. And poor Piper, I know she's like. She knows there's something villainous going on. She knows that there's some sort of demonic thing happening. And I just feel like she's like, please, Leo, fighting demons is going to be so much better for my blood pressure than sitting with these two for another minute. Okay, so I feel like I'm mean to Brian Krause's acting ability very often in this show. What? But the way he delivers this line is so pitch fucking perfect. Where he's like, well, it's nothing you need to worry about, but all of magic has disappeared, and Phoebe and Paige have gone to a summit meeting with evil. To try to turn magic back on. Jazz hands! Piper gets so mad that she tries to blow him up, which of course does not work because magic is off. And again, again, good natural way to work it in. She's like, look, I'm not going to lose it. I'm just going to blow you up! Which, you know, hey, now if you're the audience, you know that that is a power Piper normally has. And then hopefully Leo survives it or else this is a... (laughs) This is an incredibly abuse. This is somehow a more abusive relationship. And then, because we don't have enough to worry about, Piper's water breaks. Yep. Cut back to the pizzeria where Paige and Phoebe have decided to go meet with the 
the demons. They give them their purses to check, and because they're demons, they don't recognize all of the improvised weapons as improvised weapons. Okay, so spoiler alert for like three minutes from now, but it turns out everyone in this bar is a demon who's here to murder them. Why do they give them their purses back? I know they don't think there are weapons in there, but like, why bother? Why not just immediately go to killing them? Why have this weird little conversation where you're, you're like, actually, we're just going to murder you. But also, here's your purses back first. That is a great question. Don't have an answer to it. I. Oh, no. How is Phoebe going to defend herself if she doesn't have precognition or the ability to <laughs> levitate? Oh, oh! Uh, one of the groups in the pizzeria is dressed like baseball players. Like, presumably it's a baseball team, like a, a local softball team that came in for pizza, but actually it's demons in disguise. So two things. Huge Warriors vibes. That was the first thing. Hmm. The second thing is, I appreciate that the demons were like, okay, we're going to pretend to be pizzeria customers. Who goes to a pizzeria? I need to get into the head of a person who would go to a pizzeria. And then they, like, went to wardrobe for it. They, like, really, they invested in this particular ruse. So they throw Paige and Phoebe through a window. Not outside. It's the window that leads to the lobby. So they're still in the building. And also, like, that wasn't a wall thing. There was just a separator that had a window that they got thrown through. So everyone is still in the same room, even though they were thrown through a window. I don't know why I find that weirdly delightful. These demons are being so considerate because they gave them something to duck behind when they start throwing goddamn bombs out of their purses. I feel like somebody wrote this script. Obviously, the script was written. I feel like somebody wrote the script and then somebody else was like, wait, how are they going to throw bombs and not get blown up by them? Yeah, they were literally surrounded by by demons. (laughs) So they just had them thrown in a corner so they could better fight their way out. I love this so much because these guys don't have powers now. And we know at least one one of them was like the envoy of the warlocks. So we know he's just a human dude. So they're just blowing up regular people with homemade explosives. Now, these people, these demons, and one is a warlock, yes, uh, they said that they just paid all of the patrons to leave, but that they killed the owner. So it's okay if they die. They already killed a good guy. Yes. They killed Manny of Manny's Pizzeria. They, They paid off all the customers. They're like, look, we gave everyone a 20 and they left, but the owner is... In the oven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, you know what? Fair that they didn't try to check on the owner. He was probably already oh, you know, dead. Oh, definitely the... dead. Back at the manor, Doris has called for a doctor, but also Paige and Phoebe need to come, but they can't because Leo can't get a hold of them and he can't communicate with them because magic's off. V- Victor does not know this. Victor's like, Leo, can't you just get them in that special way that you do? Thank God Doris knows about magic. There's a weird thing where Piper is like, it's not fair for Phoebe and Paige to not be here. They train so hard for this. Like, it's not about them, Piper. Well, the thing is, I feel like that's a actually a really good reaction. Like, it's one of those things where, you know, when something bad happens, you kind of just focus on this weird nothing mm. detail about it. I feel like that's a really true-to-life thing. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Oh, we forgot to mention, magic's going to come back when uh, the baby's born. 
Yeah. That that has been revealed to us. Yeah, the the uh the evil guys like, "Look. Look, we all knew we evil read the signs. We all know what the deal is. Magic's going to take a break until the baby's born. So we just need to wait until the baby's born. This whole summit thing was just an excuse to kill you two. Yes. Uh Doris goes to get some towels, and when Victor follows her, presumably so that he can bang a little bit before the baby gets here, she stabs him with a cheese knife. And at this point, you know what? Fine, fair. Good for her. Good for her. This is how we discover Doris is evil. This or literally Every- any <laughs> anything she's done up to this point. We get this thing where we think that she's going to smother Piper with a pillow, but come on. Yeah, right. So, back at Manny's Pizzeria, they have horribly murdered everyone except for the the main bad guy's mentor who he brought to the meeting, who was the guy who, like, discovered the prophecy or whatever in the first place. Uh-huh. This, this is, by the way, I, I, I jumped the gun. This is when we find out that Magic's going to come back after the baby is born. Yeah, they very lightly torture him. They tie him up and... They, um, I, I have to focus on this a little bit. They handcuff him. They don't tie him up, they handcuff him. And the fact that they handcuff him and that that restrains him means that these are legitimate handcuffs and not standard sex handcuffs. Because handcuffs that are usually used for sex have a little latch that you can hit with your thumb because you never want to be genuinely tied up. Because what if your partner dies on top of you and then you've got a Gerald's Game situation and you've got a de-glove to escape? I was counting down the seconds till a Gerald's Game reference there but these are actual handcuffs so damn Paige, i guess is what i'm saying she plays for keeps yep so Paige holds a knife to the guy's throat and he explains the whole thing about you know magic blah 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 and they both figure out they're like oh my god you're after piper's baby which duh yeah welcome to the rest of the show yep Yep, the main guy that we've seen, the main sorcerer, he he slipped out during the fighting to get to the manor and steal the baby. So we get another fake out that what's her face is gonna Doris is gonna smother Piper, but nope, she was actually just fluffing a pillow. But then the evil guy comes into the room and he's like, "I'm the doctor," and Piper's like, "Oh shit, you're a demon." He's like, "Yeah, I'm a demon. <laughs> you got me. Not even faking it. Come on, you have to give birth to a baby." They're like, t- they're getting Piper ready to give birth, and she's like, "Oh, I'm gonna fucking murder both of you. You yep. are both going to die at my hand." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, just just give birth to the baby." And he, she's like, "You're first. <laughs> I will kill you with my bear. I'm not even gonna use magic." So Phoebe and Paige return home, and they realize that Unicorn Horn is concentrated good magic. This was referenced earlier when they thought it might be a trick. Paige is like, it can't be a trick. A unicorn's horn is pure good magic. So So they can scrape some off of the horn and then have some distilled magic to fight off this particular, this particular menace. Then they realize, oh, hey, the L must be elders. And they sent the unicorn down because Leo wasn't picking up the phone to hear about the prophecy. Yeah, because, you know. The elders had called him right before Piper collapsed and he hadn't gone. So Yeah, the elders needed to find some way to communicate to them what was about to happen because none of them have any powers that let them see the future or know what's going to happen. And they can't, like, 
drop a note explaining the situation. They had to be weird and obtuse about it. Maybe there was an additional note explaining all of it and the unicorn ate that first. In fact, I would like to think that. So, Doris is helping Piper give birth and Piper is like, look, I'm going to fucking murder you. And Doris is like, there, there, dear. It'll all be over soon. And Piper's like, yeah, for you. This is a real Rosemary's baby situation where she's like, don't hurt my baby. And Doris is like, we're not going to hurt the baby. We're we're going to raise the baby to be like super evil and be like the king of all evil. And Piper's like, face to the face. <laughs> Piper just smashes a vase full of flowers over her head and books it, which I, I, I love Piper in this episode. I love I love Piper overall. We were just talking about that, but. Yes. Paige and Phoebe, they're in the basement with the unicorn and they hear all of this stuff going on upstairs and they're like, ugh. All right, I guess it's time to stop farting around and get upstairs and take care of this. But Piper has fallen slightly down the stairs while trying to escape Mm -hmm. because she is currently in active labor. And uh, the demon's like, oh, my God, if you kill if you kill yourself and the baby, then we can't raise it for evil, stupid. Yeah. Also, he kind of gives Doris a dirty look when she comes down because she does stumble down after Piper. And she's like, she caught me off guard. And well, he does not say it with his words. His face definitely says, she is a woman in active labor. What do you mean she caught you off guard? Also, Victor wakes up, so we know he's not dead. And he starts crawling towards the stairs. He, the demon holds the knife to Piper's throat as Paige and Phoebe come upstairs and he's like, I'll kill her. And they're like, no, you, you need the baby. And he's like, look, the baby's on its way out of her. I'm pretty sure I can kill her and cut it out and not lose anything here. Oh, grim and true. Yeah. And Piper's like, fucking kill this guy. And they're like, we don't want to lose you. And she's like, I don't give a shit. Fucking kill this guy. And then even though he's been gut stabbed, Victor... Redeems slightly himself. redeems himself by slightly by stumbling down the stairs and throwing himself on the evil sorcerer, freeing Piper and letting the sisters throw the unicorn dust on him so that they can vanquish him. They yes, they throw the unicorn dust and they speak a rhyming couplet to destroy all evil in the house. He explodes. Victor's new wife explodes. We see the closet door where they stashed Stanley's body shake a little, which is a cute touch. And it means they don't have to worry about burying a body, which is just good. It frees up their weekend. Yeah. They bring Piper over to the table and they like lay down. Piper says, sorry about your demon wife. And 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 Victor's like, it's fine. Whatever. They are helping Piper give birth. And while, this, while they're helping Piper give birth, Leo comes running in and they're like, Leo, go heal Victor, who's just leaning up against the credenza bleeding to death. They toss him a bag of unicorn powder and he immediately knows what to do with it. He's on the ball. So Piper is giving birth. They can see the head. It has hair, brunette hair. And <laughs> Paige has the great line, what, you were expecting a blonde? Although, I mean. Why it does become blonde later. A lot of babies are born blonde, even if their parents are brunettes. Ahem. Yes. Yes, we both had very blonde hair as children, and one of us has very dark hair as an adult. My hair's, like, medium dark. You, you've got... It's, it's, like, it's between blonde and brown. Yeah. In its natural state. Our daughter, meanwhile, very, very, very blonde. I told her, I told her, like, don't expect that to stick around, but it's weird because when she was a really little baby, like Wyatt... Her hair was getting darker. 
Yeah. Like, I was looking at some pictures of her when she was at, like, six months, and she was basically a brunette for a couple of months there before it went really, really, really light. She was never brunette. It just got darker. Yeah. Okay, she was never brunette, but, like, it was getting actively darker. And now she's, like, platinum blonde Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yeah. Or the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, I guess. So the baby is born and ups, it's a boy. It's a boy. You can, well, not that body directly relates to gender, but wow, that is a lot of penis. I was, I was generally like, they have a couple of really long shots of the naked baby. And I'm like, I guess you could show a penis on network. It's just a baby. Yeah, it is just, it just seems really weird to me that that's something you could do on the WB in 2002 or whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I feel like you'd have network standards and practices. Like, obviously, it's a baby. Who cares? Like, but still, it feels like the sort of thing you'd get dinged for by the network. Yeah, I guess they decided it was okay. But yeah, it's a boy, which, uh, in case you don't remember, because you're not obsessively watching Charmed the way we are, Mm. uh, they were, of course, expecting a, a girl because all of the Warren witches have been women up also, until now yes also when piper went to the future that one time she had a daughter but also prue was you know like alive alive so clearly some things had changed but yeah i really like this episode yeah it was a good episode I, we get our last shot where we pull back and we see the whole family standing there it's a very like madonna and baby shot so Oh, and as the baby's born, you know, there's white light everywhere. The chandelier does its shaky, glowy thing. Everyone's magic is back on. Yeah. The baby literally does orb its way out of Piper, which... So I guess it's a good thing that they didn't have time to go to a hospital. (laughs) I guess they just had to throw that in so, you know, Piper wouldn't be like, so seriously, we couldn't have just done that in a hospital. Yep. Yep. They needed to prove Leo right. (laughs) But, yeah, no, I, I really like this episode, and I liked it more talking about it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed it, both while we watched it and talking about it. I agree. Top tier charmed. Yeah. And, uh... So I think we should talk about our, uh, our segments. Yes, much like the charmed ones, we have our own power of three. The first power in our pack is premonitions. Who in this episode is, was, or will become famous? We're a little spoiled for choice. Or at least we've got two big choices. Well, oh. Okay, let, no, no, let's be fair. We have one big choice, and then we have one that I personally love. Okay. So our, our big choice is, of course, Cheryl Ladd. Yes, Cheryl Ladd, who was a Charlie's Angel. She wasn't one of the big ones, all right? I mean, I mean she wasn't Farrah Fawcett. I, I mean, uh, what do you, what Jacqueline do you con- Smith wasn't, wasn't Jack- Jacqueline. Uh-huh. What do you consider a big Charlie's Angel? Honestly, just Farrah Fawcett from the... Okay, she's not Farrah Fawcett. Yeah, she's one of the Charlie's Angels that wasn't Farrah Fawcett. She was a replacement angel. <gasps> oh. Yeah. Yeah. See, it, it, all, it all comes back together. That's good. It's good. I like that. And then the one that I personally like is uh, J.P. Minot. J.P. Minot is who played Stanley. You would not recognize his name. You will know this guy. You will see his face and you'll be like, oh, I've seen him in a million things. He was in... He was in Scrubs. He was uh, Elliot's rival doctor when she had that fellowship. He was in Veep. He was Congressman Clark on Veep. Um... Wasn't he the fake dean in Community? 
Okay, th- what I was building up to... Sorry. ...is my favorite thing about him, which is that in two different television series, in How I Met Your Mother and in Community, he has played fake Mobies. He his, He's credited as not Moby on How I Met Your Mother. He's a guy that they think is Moby, so they follow him to a New Year's Eve party. And then he's just some guy. And in Community, he's a professional Moby impersonator who is credited as Phoebe, <laughs> who is then hired to replace the Dean, because, of course, the Dean looks a lot like Moby as well. Mm. Yeah. Even a lot of other stuff, but that's the thing that I love about him, is that he's been fake Moby in two different TV shows. Yeah. That I know of. Might have been more. He's done a lot of TV. But, yeah, Cheryl, that's the big one. Yes. I believe that will take us to the second power in our pack. Time freeze, what specifically dated this episode? Okay. I don't know if this is true, but I feel like singles cruises were like an of the time thing. I was thinking that too. You don't hear about those as much. Although I I previewed mine, which is that Leo's charge probably used a phone book to locate them. Yeah, which, God, weird. Also speaks kind of poorly to the charmed ones. Like, everyone knows who they are. Like, it's demons can just look up where they live. If you were smart, you would just throw fireballs at the house from the outside at three no, in the morning. Good thing no demons are smart. Yeah. And that will take us to the final power in our pack, telekinesis. What, if anything, genuinely moved you this episode? Okay, the birth scene. The birth scene genuinely moved me. It was very sweet. But mine is different. Oh, what is yours? Mine's the little speech Piper gives to Leo about feeling like she failed by having something up with her because a lot of this episode is in a really weird way it reminded me of a show like providence where it's like a one of those like slice of life life in a small town kind of tv shows where like all of the drama comes from like real stuff Mm -hmm. like it felt like an unexpectedly real thing like the drama wasn't coming because someone got shot by a dark lighter or, you know, the universe is going to explode if Piper and Leo have sex. Like, it's this small real world or relatively small real world problem. Mm-hmm. And that allows for a kind of emotional honesty I feel like we don't really get with the, you know, my sister was blown through a wall by Shaq's thing. Yes. All right. Before we move on to what we're talking about next time. <laughs> Yes. I have to make a correction. Oh, okay. They weren't watching Dark Shadows. They were watching Passions, the other supernatural soap opera. Passions is the one that has the Stevenses. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Did you know that that episode and uh, that series ended with the witch character saving the world by converting to Christianity? Dear God, no, I did not. Yeah. Apparently that's how Passions ended. I did not know that. I do know that Spike watches Passions with Joyce. Ooh, which is a kind of interesting charmed charmed Buffy connection. Yeah. 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 All right. Next time we're going to talk about Baby's First Demon. Honestly, I really like this episode too, if just because it's 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 a demonstration of Piper becoming kind of the best and worst character at the same time. Piper murders a lot of people in that episode for for being in the vicinity 
of something kind of happening to her child. Well, let me read the description of that episode. When Piper's baby is nearly abducted, Paige seeks out the kidnappers at a black market. Like, Piper becomes legitimately kind of horrifying in this. Like, we get the perspective of what the Charmed Ones look like to the underworld. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know. It's just kind of neat to have a show that addresses that, like, these people are capable of some terrible things and they will do those terrible things and not feel anything about it. Ooh, it's like I Am Legend. With the 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 nov the the novella I Am Legend which ends with the protagonist realizing that the zombies are actually fairly sentient and he is the monster. I Am Legend. Yeah. Yeah, and just also I feel like it should be mentioned here Clearly, there are things higher in the pecking order than the Charmed Ones. One of them was literally just born. Mm-hmm. But now that Cole's gone, discounting Wyatt, the Charmed Ones are kind of the most powerful beings in this universe now. Yeah. Like, yeah, granted, stuff like the Elders are theoretically above them, but, like... The charm, the charmed ones are basically omnipotent from this point on. And there's this really fun shift that happens in the show when demons of the week are basically always underdogs from this point on. That's why it makes sense that from now on, the battle is going to be about whether or not demons are able to take Wyatt and make him evil because that would be the biggest threat that they would face, an evil version of Wyatt. I mean, it's basically their only option to win. Literally, the ultimate power in the last season, Billy and Christy, are only... Oh, God. Yeah. Billy and Christy. Oh, God. Literally, the only reason they're a threat is because they take Wyatt's power. The ultimate power is only a threat to the Charmed Ones if it has Wyatt's powers. Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler for the end of Charmed. And it doesn't even work. They are mega omnipotent with omnipotence on top, and they still couldn't kill Piper. All right, I think that's it for this week. Yeah, I think that'll about do it. Our show is partially listener-supported. If you want to be one of those supporters, you should head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Rosa, Ryan, Mara Cruz, Benjamin, Kate, Jen, Dan, and Anthony. If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode or any episode or any episode of any television show, you can email us at ilovetelevisionzines at gmail.com or you can tweet at us at ilovetvzines. For now. Because I'm probably going to move us over to Blue Sky, like, this week. Fingers crossed. Well, I have an invite. I can do it. I just need to sit down and do it. Yeah. So, until next time, I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And this has been Welcome to the Hollowell Manor. <laughs>